0: Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Welcome to episode 80 of Lesbians Who Write. This week we're talking about how to market your first book. Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the marketing guru, that is TB Markinson. Hello TB, how are you today?
1: This is episode 80, we're getting to the big numbers. I'm never going to know what number to put when I type out what episode number when I'm doing it. It's going to be too hard for me.
0: I know, I think we should plan something big for episode 100, right? Like what? I don't know, just like us lavishing praise <laughs> on each other or something. Or just, more, I was going to say more likely, probably, insulting each other. I mean,
1: we got to, let's keep it real. Yeah. I mean, come on, bitch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, what have you been up to this week?
1: Oh, nothing really. No, this is this is launch week for Heart of Ice. Monday was the official launch, but it's it's still, we're recording this on, I think today is Thursday. Is today Thursday?
0: Today is Thursday.
1: So we're like four days in the launch and as everyone has learned from us, man, launch week, doesn't it just fucking suck?
0: <laughs> it it drags, I think, as we remember from One Golden Summer, we were like, Is it is it any one day one of launch? Is it day three? Oh my god, only day three.
1: And I keep meaning every time I launch something, I keep meaning to like make it a cheat sheet for myself so I know exactly what I need to do for launch week, so I just like, you know, go through and take it off. But then after I get done with launch week, it's like the last thing I want to talk about or think about, so I don't do it. But anyways, so um, we have launched it. It's been a draining week, but um, the book is doing really well. The readers, um, the feedback has been fantastic. So, and I want to thank everyone who wrote a review, who purchased it, or shared it on sh- social media. You guys are fantastic. Neither one of us would have this career if it wasn't for such great readers. So thank you very much. I'm lucky to be part of a special genre with super fans. In, in in other news, in our book news, in one golden no, yeah, is it one golden summer or our golden summer?
0: <laughs> How quickly she forgets! She's moved on to the next book with the next co-author. She can't even remember the title of our book, everyone.
1: Is it one golden
0: summer? <laughs> Come on, TV! You can dredge it up from that little, that that bit at the back of your brain. Do you think it's one golden summer or our golden summer?
1: I don't know. <laughs> selected the winners. We were running that giveaway this summer. Um, I selected the winners. All the winners have received the Amazon gift cards, and the signed copy is currently en route to Texas. The grand prize winner was so happy when I sent the email that I just got a thank you, thank you, thank you, and then another email to fall in with all the details I actually needed. But she was just so happy, and it made me happy to make her happy.
0: It's a happy thing, making people happy. Giving giving is, is better than receiving, as they always say.
1: Yes, and then in writing news I'm still working on Dagny I still don't have a title for that book god damn it I still don't have a title for it and um I had to take a few days off to prep launch um for Heart of Ice to prep the launch for Heart of Ice and um so now I'm going back and reading it from the beginning because just those few days off I totally got out of the rhythm yeah so that that book's just never ending I feel like it's, I've been working on it like since you know the beginning of age Beginning of age, I don't think that's the right phrase. I I can't even remember one golden, our golden summer, one golden summer.
0: (laughs) I was just going to say, I was just going to give you the answer, but it is one golden summer, and I think that you knew that because you said one at the beginning.
1: Yeah, but I had it typed one golden summer, and then all of a sudden I was like, wait, is it our golden summer? (laughs) I know it starts with an O, and it's only three letters.
0: (laughs) Let me just say that R or 1 would have been great. It would have worked. I don't actually think you've been working on your Dagny, a.k.a. the Christmas book, that long. I think maybe um, you've just been uh, weaving it in and out of so many different projects that maybe you've started and stopped uh, a few times.
1: Yeah, it's the thing we said we would never do, but we're both doing it this year. Well, you know, I think it's
0: inevitable when you've got a few books uh, that you've got to write in one year, you're going to have to t- t- start and stop one. It's always painful. <laughs>
1: And then I just wanted to share a little bit. I watched a documentary recently on um, the portrait of Vali. Um, it was a painting that was done before World War II started, and it was an interesting documentary uh, because this it was owned by a Jewish woman who lived in Austria before the war started, and then the Nazis took it. Now they they took um, all of her. She owned an art studio, and they took all of her art from her art studio. And then this portrait of Vali was actually hung in her own home. It was her personal painting and they stole it from her and then after the war um they were trying to return all the looted artwork to the rightful owners and somehow this portrait ended up with a a different jewish family that wasn't actual the owners and so it kind of got lost and then back in the 90s this portrait of vali was lent by a viennese gallery owner from in austria to the museum of modern art in new york city and one of the family members went to go went to the exhibit and saw the portrait of volley on the wall I was like what the fuck? why does why do they have it when this belongs to my family member and it was stolen by the nazis it should be corrected this travesty should be corrected and i was fascinated by the documentary because the museum of modern art like i associate museums with like you know free speech and being on the right side of things, they weren't on the right side of things this time because um, the family was trying to block this portrait from going back to Austria. And the Museum of Modern Art was like, well, if we do that, then it puts other um, loans at risk because people might think if they loan it to the Museum of Modern Art that we won't return it and it will endanger like future art exhibits. And I was just thinking, I was like, you know, when you're really like not wanting to help A woman whose painting was stolen by the Nazis. The Nazis! I think you're on the wrong side of history. Have you heard of this? I never heard of it and I was fascinated by this documentary.
0: Okay. Well, I I might like to watch actually. I hadn't heard of it. However, I have read a similar ish book and I imagine maybe that um, whoever. um, What was JoJo Moyes wrote the book? She's quite a famous novelist. Uh, And she wrote a book called The Girl You Left Behind. And it's one of my favourite uh, Jojo Moyes books. And it's about that very thing of a painting that was stolen by the Nazis. Um, I think mm, it was World War One, but I think it was World War II as well. And then it's just about the different people who owned it and it getting back to its rightful owners and the lives of the people that have owned it and it's touched. So if you want to read a fictional version called The Girl You Left Behind, Jojo Moyes.
1: Now, I do know that uh, she is one of your favourites because when we went to... Was it the first London Book Fair we went together? She was speaking and you were insistent that... Not that I was refusing, but you were insistent that you wanted to go hear her speak.
0: Yes. Yeah, she is a fantastic uh, novelist. Uh, I haven't read the last couple of books, actually. Isn't that funny that sometimes you just... I went through a phase uh, and I read I think every book she's written and it was really actually good to read from the beginning because I could see that if I'd have read um, maybe uh, it was her first or second book if I'd have read that I might not have been such a huge fan the story wasn't quite there um her right she was still a good writer but the story wasn't quite there but then I think you know um I read The Girl You Left Behind I can't remember any of her books now but she's 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 had some of her books made into Hollywood movies and stuff so um, and I think she just said that she I think the the giver of stars was the last one she launched and that's just been sold the option to Hollywood so she's pretty big she sold like in the millions
1: and it just goes to show like this is how we as authors find stories you never know what when you're going to get inspiration yes I wonder if she did learn about I mean I mean I'm sure it's not the first painting that had this type of history because A lot of paintings were looted during that time and um, it's been hard to get them all back. And
0: did it go back in the end? What was the outcome?
1: Well, the outcome was um, there was a big lawsuit and the owner of the gallery ended up dying before it was all settled and then his wife said, well, he always wanted to uh, make restitution. So the painting ended up going back to the gallery owners, to the gallery. But I think they ended up paying out like 19 or 20 million. So it was kind of a maybe a hollow victory. I mean, that sounds like a huge sum of money, and it is. But after, like, years of uh, legal battles, I don't know how much to actually family. It was probably mostly lawyers. Interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. And, again, with your, your book connection, it just goes to show how little things like that, not little things, but how little things just kind of burrow into our heads, and we end up putting it in the story, and it might not be right away. I think you said your your flood story, you were thinking about it for a very long time before you actually wrote it.
0: Probably a good six months. Probably Before You Say I Do was the one where it, well, that was about 18 months.
1: That's a long time, but you never gave up. And I remember you mentioning it a long time ago, mm. <laughs> and now, now, now it's like a bestseller, so well done there. Hooray, hooray. All right, so what's going on on your side?
0: Okay, so... Um, I've had a mixed week this week I went to we went to um, some friends for dinner on Saturday and we stayed overnight and then we went uh, golfing the next day I say golfing it's pitch and putt basically par 3 golf I'm not a, a very good golfer at all <laughs> but you don't have to be great for a par 3 course nine holes but what I did was I somehow I held the golf club in a really weird way and I burst a blood vessel in my finger and it went black and numb. And I thought I was going to have to have it amputated. So that was my fun Sunday. <laughs> How does it look now? Uh, it looks, uh, it, it's still a bit grey. Uh, it looks a bit better. Uh, I'm showing TB. I think I, sh- I showed you three days ago and it was pretty dark. It's, it's still a little bit grayish yeah. purple and the bruise has gone all the way around. But when I tried going to the driving range, I cut my hand open after three swings and, and I was bleeding all over the club. So I don't know what I do when I hold a golf club, but I clearly need to get better if I want to be a professional lesbian, right?
1: So wait a minute, the splitting of your hand and making your, your finger go black, are these separate,
0: these separate are, visits? Th- these are separate incidents
1: what are you doing are you that like are you gripping it that tightly that you're like yeah. splitting your hand open I, I
0: yeah my sister says because she's a golfer and she said to me and Yvonne uh, says that uh, I am just holding it I'm holding the club too tight and I need to adjust my finger position <laughs> hey insert joke there so apparently my finger <laughs> position is all wrong and <laughs> And, yeah, so um, I, I need to uh, have some golf lessons, clearly. Um, the other thing I did uh, this week that wasn't much fun is I had to go back to the dentist. So I had three, injection, uh, three injections yesterday, um, and I've got to go back. It was for um, having a crown fitted, and I've got to go back uh, and have the crown fitted on my birthday. So I'm going to be queen for a day with a new crown on my birthday.
1: So that's in a couple of weeks then? Uh, yes. That's terrible. Why do you have to do this again? Uh, what, what, oh, you you. you. You cracked it during lockdown, didn't you? Yes,
0: I cracked it, so I'm having it crowned. And apparently if you leave the tooth for too long, then the top one comes down and causes bad things with the bottom one that's not there. That's the bad things that have happened this week. I nearly, my my finger nearly got amputated and, uh, and I had three dental injections. Let's look at the plus points. So um, I published uh, Try Me Again <laughs> across all platforms for free, as I told you last week. And I've never published anything on, you know, across platforms for th- for free. And I didn't realize that there was a free chart.
1: Wait, 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 wait. Mm. wait.
0: All of this time you
1: didn't know there was a
0: free chart? Well, no, 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 no. Here's the thing. I I did know, but I didn't know where it was. You just clicked the
1: little link on next to it.
0: Yeah, I know that now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that just kills me. <laughs>
0: So I was going because it kept saying number one in the free chart. So then I kept clicking on the on the link and then it would just keep taking me to the main lesbian romance page. And then I was like, well, where's the free chart? I don't know. So <laughs> I found it out like after a couple of days when it just kept taking me back. I'm like, this link is broken.
1: It took you a couple of days to figure out that there might be a different list. <laughs> It's
0: not obvious TB that's all I'm saying but do you know what I thought it was lovely today when I had a look before we came on this call I'm number one in the lesbian romance free charts and you're number one in the lesbian romance pay charts that's beautiful Aww. Aww. we're like number one buddies we are number one buddies <laughs> that's really good yeah um, I said I would report back and it's doing alright yeah um, and I'll give you some numbers well I'll give you the numbers for this week if you like um, I've shifted 1300 copies across all platforms in a week which I think is pretty good
1: How are the numbers for the newsletter? Have you checked
0: those? They've gone up slightly, but I wouldn't expect it quite yet, maybe. My newsletter numbers are pretty steady, but I would think that maybe it would be more of a, as people read it. But I'm quite pleased with um, the shifting of that, and and I'm number one, and who knew? I didn't even know that was possible. The one thing I will say (laughs) is that I'd like some reviews on it now, because what I didn't realise as well, you see, is that when you put it up on all the different platforms, then it's just like a, a normal book. Because well, what do you mean? I'm not, well, no, I'm not following. <laughs> well, all my free books oh, they have never you been available. Should have done the team. Yes, yes. I should have treated it like a new launch, and I didn't because I wasn't aware. Because i have never done this before. So you know, again, we're all still learning all the time because I've never done this. And I have now. I'm started to get some reviews, but some of them, like, I just got a, a a couple of you know, not that great star reviews. And the reason is that the book's too short. Even though it says clearly on the front, novella. So um, I'm going to have to try and get some reviews to uh, counterbalance. So I think some people are just expecting it to be a full book and it's not. So that's a, that's a, probably an issue. I have heard that on free books where people just do sort of review it like that. But we'll see. But it would be nice to get a few more reviews. There you go. So first time I've done it, I'm pretty pleased with week one. Uh, in my what i'm working on uh, my christmas book as i said is uh, pootling along i have to say it's slow going because i'm i went back and reread it and then i had 300 notes and it's like it's one of those things i want to go back and fix it all but as they always say when you go back and fix it all i'm kind of rewriting quite a lot of it uh, and i haven't actually finished it yet but but i kind of feel like i know kind of know where it's going so I should go back and fix it. But it's just a bit annoying at the moment because it's slow going. However, the good news is when I read it all the way through, um, I was really annoyed that it just stopped because obviously there's still like 10, 15 chapters to go and I haven't written them. How bloody rude of me. So um, I've still got to write those. uh, But my deadline is for that is my birthday. So I've got a couple of weeks uh, to get all the first draft done and it should be doable.
1: Man, your birthday sounds like shit this year. I know, right? (laughs) i don't want you to ever plan my
0: birthday festivities ever (laughs) happy birthday to me you've got a deadline and a dental appointment luckily i'm going out for dinner that night and i did say to my dentist because he wanted me to come the day after and that's when i'm going away and i said well no i can't i'm going away and he's like oh well you have to get it done within like two weeks and i said he said well what about the 14th and i went oh it's my birthday and he's like and i and i asked him if i could uh, still go for dinner he said yeah Yeah, absolutely. So I said, okay, I'll come in. Anyway, and the other thing I did this week is I bought some new craft courses. Now this was at uh, WMG Publishing, which I bought my courses from before and they had a half price sale uh, on. So I bought a couple, because I found those uh, useful when I've done them before. Um, So I bought a couple. So I have got three in the bag to do online video courses. That will be something to do uh, towards the latter half of the year. Right, let's get on to comments. What you got, comment Monter?
1: All right, so we had a comment on last week's episode from um, Jan, who wants us to speak more French whenever possible, because <laughs> we just completely butchered French. Uh,
0: pas, pas de problème, Jan. Pas de problème.
1: What does that mean? That yep.
0: means uh, no problem.
1: All right, and then um, Jan just said, thanks for the laughs and info. Also, we had a comment to our email account from Emma, and the email is, hi, ladies. Love the podcast. I have a question for you both. Why do you think that a lot of characters in lesbian romance are older, 40 plus? My friend and I were discussing this and she thinks it is because the audience reading the books are older. What do you think?
0: No, I would say that most of the characters aren't over 40. Are they?
1: Well, see, that was the question I had because I wrote my first age cap with Harper Bliss a couple years ago. So that was my first time I explored the older woman, younger woman. And I... And then um, the Miracle Girl, uh, since it's a second chance story, that she's in her forties. But I was trying to think of my other characters, and I'm like, I think they're like Girl Love happens. They're very young. The Lizzie series, she's like in her twenties when it starts. So yeah, I was kind of. But maybe she's reading more age gap, which yeah. I think you can't really make it not someone older. Cause <laughs> <Yeah>. that's like because <laughs> it goes against the whole age gap. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, I think I have had my share of uh, forty-plus characters. There is no doubt about that. But I think that's maybe just because I'm getting—I'm in my forties, so I understand that. You know, it's not that old. There's still a lot of life in me yet. But I—I I, I would say that most most lesbian romances characters are in they still in their twenties and thirties. My my sweet spot, I think, is my late thirties, early forties.
1: Do you get a lot of emails from people asking for um, romances for people sixty and above? I get that quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't done that one yet.
0: No. I have, uh, uh, I, have, I didn't
1: get a request for it.
0: Yeah, I have been thinking about it.
1: So that's it for me on comments. Do you have some on your side?
0: Uh, I've only got one from Neen again, who listened to episode 79, and she said she got a little teary listening to us encourage her to write le- the lesbian fiction novel that she wants to. So she gets another mention now. We'll be trying to make you cry again, Excellent. Neen.
1: Well, also, we just want to say, um, everyone should write lesbian fiction. Yeah. Don't let the haters bring you down.
0: All right, let's go on to the big question of the week, which is, how do you market your first book? Now, uh, we we've had a little powwow before. We split this up into 12 points. Um, So I've got six. TB's got six. Anything to say before I get going on my merry way with my first six, TB?
1: Well, I was a bit hesitant about this episode because I think one of the issues I get when people send me emails and everything about, like, they want that special sauce, that, that magic that you can just like put, you can just institute this one role and all of a sudden you'll have a bestseller <laughs> and you'll make a lot of money and you don't have to do a lot of work. And um, when I was writing down my tips for marketing, I realized a lot of my tips <laughs> are long-term tips. So I think I'm going to annoy some people because it's not going to be that one, like you can hit that special button on your keyboard and all of a sudden you're going to make, the money's just going to be... Rolling
0: in. It doesn't mm-hmm. happen that way. No. Well, fuck you. I don't want to listen to this anymore. Why are you going to give me the special button and the special sauce? Wow, you, you dropped the F bomb this time. Uh, yay! Yay! <laughs> you were known as the F bomb girl, and I was getting a bit jealous. Right. Well, uh, okay. I'm starting off with my six, and I thought I'd start off with the absolute critical things that you need. Uh, you know, yeah, some of the things that um, we're going to we cover are not necessarily critical. But these first three are absolutely critical, and I can't stress it enough. And you know, we've talked about, let's say number one, cover. Now we've talked about this before. We did an episode on covers. If you go back and have a look at our archive, there's an episode on covers. And we said in there that lesbian fiction covers are still a little bit wanting. And if you want to stand out from the crowd, get a good professionally designed book cover it, it says that people judge a book by its cover and it's true they do so don't believe anyone who tells you that they don't because they do and what you need to do to sell books is to get a cover that entices readers in it's got to be legible the title has got to be legible don't have a title in white writing over some grainy picture that you can't read it's your name should be legible um, it's got to work as a thumbnail because that's going to be mainly looked at on a phone or, or a laptop screen. It's got to be one that works in your genre. So have a look in the genre and see what's working and what's not and, um, yeah, copy it. And it's got to tell the reader what kind of book they're going to get at a glance. So if it's a romance, it should be romantic covers, pink, red, gold, sunsets. If it's a thriller, it should be spiky colors and it should probably have a mysterious person on the cover it's true that you can always change later you didn't, you're not wedded to one cover but you should try and get it right the first time the best way to do that is to work with a professional designer and they're not as expensive as you think um, and if you really can't afford it you can get a made-to-measure cover and some of them are really good uh, and you can get those you can pick those up for as little as $25 um, I, I've pick one up for twenty five bucks. I think the last one I paid seventy five bucks. So um, they're affordable. And remember if you're if you're going into anything, it's gonna cost you money up front. If this is a hobby or a business, it's gonna cost you money. If you get a good cover, it's gonna pay back. Um I made the mistake with London Calling, I didn't look at the genre, I knew nothing about it, and my first cover looked like a travel book. So don't make my mistake. But as I said you can always change it later.
1: Yes, I agree with that. So that's a that's a that's a good tip. I mean, it's very actionable before you publish.
0: Just get a good cover and stop dilly-dallying and going, oh, I don't know if I can afford it. You you can't not afford it. Number two, editing. Now, a lot of people might say, oh, I can just put my book out, right? I'm pretty good at grammar and that all that. You won't see your own mistakes. This is an absolute key thing. My pet thing when I'm writing is um, I miss out words. So I, put, I, I think that there are words there. If, if I put one of my books out and didn't have it edited, <laughs> probably about 10% of the sentences would have missing words. Um, I know it's something, uh, but I can't see it when I read it back. And my beta readers will tell you this, they have a good old chuckle at it. Copy editors and developmental editors and proofreaders, they can be expensive. Here's the things that you definitely need, in my opinion. You don't absolutely need a developmental editor, although it's good to have. But you can get beta readers and you can get feedback to do that. But I think you definitely need a copy editor and I think you definitely need a proof editor as a minimum. Because if readers see spelling mistakes or grammar mistakes or bad sentence structure, they won't come back. I wouldn't. Um, And you've only got one chance to make a first impression, so do that. And also really, really, really concentrate on your look inside bit, your first 10%, because that's what a lot of people sample before they buy, uh, buy your book. So beta readers can act, as a developmental editor, stage for you, but again, get get people to be to read for you that like the genre. You know, I gave my first couple of books to people who don't actually like the genre, and uh, so got bad feedback. Also, with my book, with my first book, I did get it copy edited uh, by a friend of mine who was who was a copy editor, so lucky for me. But I wouldn't have put it up without getting it copy edited. I just wouldn't. Um, and lucky I didn't because it would have just been full of missing words.
1: What are the words you're missing? Like, are is there like a certain one that is constantly just dropped?
0: Uh, no, it's just little ones like you know, and the of it. But anyway, number three, blurb. Now, blurb is one of the hardest things to write. That's the your d- description that's going to go on all your all your Amazon and Kobo and whatever um, Apple, whatever other platforms you put it on. The d- the book description. Now it's been well documented that readers buy a book based on the cover and the book description those two things are the most important things yet blurbs are quite often dashed off in the last gasp of when you're really sick of your book and you've read it five thousand times and you're like oh i don't know how do i how do i condense all this and then you write it and then you dash it off and it doesn't actually tell the readers much it doesn't pull them in it doesn't make them feel so here's my tips Write it a few times. Write it at least five times. Write it when you haven't even written the book. Write it ahead and then write another one in the middle and then write another one at the end and see how they compare and see if you can take little bits of those and put them together to make a really killer blurb. Ask a question at the beginning. Like for instance, with before you say I do, it was, (laughs) she checks back of book. What if you fall for your bridesmaid? And for One go- and for one Golden Summer, it was, would you trade fame for love? So we're asking a question, and we're putting the reader, you, into the heart of the story. And that is half the battle with the blurb. It's got to make, make the reader wonder, what would they do if they were put in this situation? And then it shouldn't be a synopsis of your book. It should just be a blurb that hooks readers in, tells them what to expect, but gives them makes them overwhelmed and have a visceral need to read the book it should give them all the feels it should be emotion led not plot led and end it with a call to action a cta so what could your call to action be it could be like buy this book today or download this story of forbidden love and submerge yourself in lesbian romance today that's a good one
1: right do you actually have that on one of your call to actions i do which
0: one before you say i do i was just reading the back of the book (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, did it. I, know, I guess I never noticed that That's, a, that's an interesting one No wonder your book sold
0: <laughs> Submerge yourself in lesbian romance Drown in it, go on Say TB, I've done three
1: Do you want to do three? Alright, so my first tip is Again, remember, I'm the very long term thinker <laughs> So my first tip is Treat it like a business from the very beginning um, I know this business Draws creatives. There's a reason for that because creatives want to write, but treat it like a business, especially if you're an indie, you have to think about not just the writing side. There's like, I know this is a very simplistic breakdown of it, but there's three sides to the business. There's the writing, the project management, and then the marketing. And a lot of people hate the marketing side, but if you treat it like a business, it just has to come, it just has to be in your umbrella of what you're going to have to do. So from the very beginning, You have to discipline yourself and you have to stay focused on your writing business. The next tip I have is have a website. A lot of people hate this tip. They don't want to have to set up a website. They feel like it's going to be scary and it's going to be a lot of work. But your website, like it goes back to my first tip, treat treat it like a business. Your website is very crucial. So you need to set up an author website. Um, On my author website, I have pages for the books, I have a bio, and I have a blog. And your website becomes a crucial aspect of your career. What do you think about that?
0: Absolutely. Uh, It's one of the things that I did. I actually did this before I launched my first book because I knew I wanted to. Uh, So I just bought my domain name. That's a really big thing, actually. Before you even set up the website, just buy the domain name you want clairelyden.co.dk and Claire com were both available so I just bought them and then uh, I set up the website a few months later but you know get the domain name and get it set up because if you're going to be doing this uh, people are going to want to come and see what else you've got and where you are and what you're doing
1: yeah and I don't recommend using uh social media pages as your website set up your own author website get your domain name you're going to have to put some time into it but if, if I can figure out how to set up a website most people can yes
0: and there is a uh, website tutorial about this on Joanna Penn's site. So if you go to the creativepen.com and there is a half an hour tutorial on there. But there are tons of tutorials on YouTube as well.
1: So my next tip, so if you didn't like setting it up, my tip of setting uh, treating it like a business or setting up a website, you're not gonna like this one either. But it's another crucial marketing step from the very beginning in your career. Set up a newsletter. I know a lot of authors to simply refuse to do this. They don't want to put the time into it. And again, if they don't have a website, you have to have a website to set up your newsletter. Um, very few authors, very few authors can make a career out of this without having a newsletter. Um, not everyone has the Stephen King effect. Stephen King just has to drop a book and everyone wants to buy it. Not everyone has that. You have to set up a newsletter. And I would set it up before you've even published. The sooner you do it, the better. And to get signups, I recommend giving something away for free. Personally, I give away book one of the Woman Lost series along with bonus chapters. But you don't have to give an entire novel. You can give bonus chapters. You can do a short story. You can do deleted scenes or share something for free. So when someone clicks on that link, they're getting something. Because when you get the um, sign-ups on your newsletter, you're getting people into what we call your book funnel. So obviously, a funnel starts off wide at the top and then narrows as it keeps going down. And so when you start putting people into your book funnel, you're building a relationship. And people want to buy books from people that they trust. You have to have that th- your readers' trust. And one of the ways to do this is through your newsletter and through your book funnel. And I don't recommend right away scream, buy my book, buy my book. That's kind of annoying. You want to build this relationship. Um, I share things. And you, what you want to do with your book funnel is you want to keep drilling them down deeper into the funnel to make them super fans. So when you do hit publish on a new book, they're going to be like, oh, I need to read that. I really like this author. Yep.
0: Yeah, top tips. Okay, back to me, number seven. Now, this one you might not expect from me, but it is consider enrolling in Kindle Unlimited or KDP Select as it is from the background uh, for, for a writer. Now, enrolling your book into KU means that you can't sell it anywhere else for 90 days. That's the term you have to abide by as a writer to be included in Kindle Unlimited. The pros are that being in KU will increase your visibility to your readers and it means more people are likely to try you because you're a new author and it doesn't cost them any money to do it. If I was a new author, I would go into KU. It is that simple, especially in this day and age because you know, when I started out, there was no KU. Oh my god, there was a. I remember when all this was Fields TV. Yeah, 2014, there wasn't a KU. I think it started in at the end, right at the end of 2014, but I, I launched in um so, and so I'd already got my platform set up and uh, so for me, it was more of a choice. And now I do launch uh, most of my books into KU for 90 days, uh, often for double that, often, often for triple that, but you can always pull them out. Um, but if I was a new author, I would go into KU because you have more exposure and your book is more accessible to tons of readers, and you don't have to deal with all the other sites, which just complicates things if you don't know what you're doing, because you won't know what you're doing, because it's your first book. It works well with romance, I'll say that, but you should also consider what your genre is and what your goals are, and say whether and whether it's for you or not. It works really well with romance. I don't really know how it works with
1: other genres. I'm not sure. I know some cozy mystery writers; they've done quite well. Like think Amanda Lee's in uh, KU. I think she does quite well. I I just think, again, see, I don't really read much on the other, like, genres, so I'm not sure how successful. We'll have to, like, maybe, if there are listeners out there who write not just romance but are in KU, if you can let us know how it works for your genre, that would be fantastic.
0: Yes, but it works really well for romance if you write in lesbian romance, consider it. Tip number eight. Right to market. Now, um, you'll hear this a lot and you'll think, what the hell is that? It just really means researching your genre, seeing what the popular tropes are and, see- and therefore seeing what your audience wants. You're not going to write a book about something that nobody really wants to read. It won't sell, no matter what you think. So look at what the popular stories on the charts are. What have they got in them? Have they got enemies to lovers? Very popular trope. Are they age gap? Very popular trope. Look at the charts, read your competitors, see what they're doing, and then don't you it's not copying them, you're just writing a book in a similar in a similar vein with the similar tropes. Research tropes if you don't know what I'm talking about. Make sure it has similar tones, structure, character types, a good plot and story arc. Do your research.
1: Yes, that is a very good tip. A lot of people will write their novel without giving any consideration for this. And then I love it when people tell me, you know, I'm writing this novel and like, it's really, you, you can't define it by a genre. It's just, And then I'm like, if you can't define your book by a genre or a trope, how do you market it? You can't.
0: <laughs> yes, I think it's the number one thing said to me by people who are launching their first book is, I don't know what category to put it in because it doesn't really fall into a particular genre. And I always think that's nice if you think that, but unless you can narrow it down, it's not going to sell.
1: No, there are very few people who can make a career out of writing something that no one really wants to read. Yes. There's a that's- reason tropes are popular. There's a reason <laughs> genres are popular because that's what people want to read. And when you when you def- defy, defy all of the rules, it's going to be a hard sell.
0: Yeah. And tip number nine, network with other authors. This is really key when you start off. And you might think, oh, my God, I don't know any other authors. I didn't know any other authors in 2014. It's really good to network with other authors because... Actually, they're not your competitors. Other authors can be your biggest cheerleaders. Um, they can be your, become your friends. They can become your work colleagues. What are we, TB? Are we all of those things? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that we should come up
1: with a special term for us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, um, if you want to get to know people, just um, drop them an email and say hi. Uh, say hi in, author, in groups, on online. Ask questions. Be nice. And um, don't just go up to authors and ask them and uh, ask them for things. Give to them first. And um, you know there is a couple of uh, lesbian fiction author groups on Facebook that are really helpful and um, and lovely. If you if you're nice, good karma will come back your way. But networking with people who really understand what you're doing. And what this involves, you know, it's really lovely to talk to people who understand because your friends and family don't understand what you're doing, no matter what you say. Um, so it's just really nice at the end of the day to talk to people who understand what you're doing.
1: Yes. I mean, your your friends and family will listen. But I, I think you shared, was it last week with the book club where um, two of your family members didn't know you were at indie published? No. Yeah, so they listen, but they don't really listen. But we all do that to our partners when they talk about work. We're just like, "Uh uh uh-huh, (laughs) uh-huh.
0: Anyway, TB, tip number 10.
1: Thanks for supplying the number. I was trying to do the math, but it was uh, shutting my brain down. Okay, another tip is content marketing. Now, what's that? So content marketing is like writing blog posts, podcast episodes, videos. These, again, are the long-term things, but a lot of readers love to know the -the behind-the-scenes of how a book was created or what caused that, what um, spurred the idea or anything. Uh, recently I shared a behind the scenes chapter about Arco, right? Uh, one golden summer, I think. <laughs> and, um, well done. You know, that's just going to mess with me the rest <laughs> of my life. I shared it. Claire had, I'm already getting flustered because I have to mention the sex word. I just mentioned it. Um, Claire had to write the first sex scene. In the book and I gave her I did not acknowledge the fact that she wrote a sex scene and um because I was too embarrassed to say it so um and then she ended up asking me and I shared that blog post and um readers enjoyed hearing that because they especially the ones who listen to this podcast they know I do write sex scenes but I have shared that how they make me very embarrassed so they were they liked hearing that even in behind the scenes I'm like "Uh, how do I tell Claire good sex today (laughs) So, but but stuff like that it gets it get it allows readers to get to know you as a person. they're I mean, don't share everything about your life. I mean, you you want to you want to have kind of a line between your personal life and your um, writing life. But um, stuff like that you can share, and it helps build that relationship. And that goes back to the whole book funnel thing. It's one of those things to help create super fans out of readers
0: yep and if you uh this podcast is content marketing obviously i'm not suggesting you start a podcast because you've just launched your first book i mean that would be a bit much um but you could ask you could see if there's any uh podcasts that you could ask to be a guest on this is not one of them but i'm sure there are other ones that you could ask to be a guest on
1: yes i would i would find podcasts who actually do interviews of authors again when you like it's like when you approach an author don't immediately just ask for something Offer something and also know the format. I get requests all the time for um, people who want to guest blog on um, iHeartLesvic, and my favorite one is How to um, Deal with Men Who Snore. And iHeartLesvic is dedicated to lesbian fiction, so (laughs) articles about men who snore is not the ideal fit for that website, but I get that a lot. Alright, so am I on uh, number 11? Well done. Okay, so another thing you want to really um, make sure you have included in your first book is have a bio in the back and have back matter. So, what is back matter? Back matter is going to include like your newsletter um, link. So, if you have an offer for um, a freebie because you want to get people to sign up after they've read the book, and if they like it, they're, they're more, they might sign up for your newsletter. So, you want to include that in your back matter. You want to have an engaging bio. I mean, don't drone on and on about yourself, but kind of make it short, snappy. Make people want to get to know you better as a writer. Once you have more books, I know we're talking about people who have, are just getting ready to publish their first book, but it's one of those things to keep in mind um, later down is when you do publish more books, update your bio, update your back matter, make sure everything's fresh. Now, I have to confess, I need to update all of my back matter. It hasn't been updated since 2018. I'm in the middle of, I'm gonna start making some tweaks to my newsletter um, offer but I can't do that quite yet so when that happens I will be doing all the back matter aren't you jealous Claire I get to upload everything again
0: I did that uh, this year last year I think it was last year and it was just one of the most joyous weeks I've ever spent
1: oh yeah I'm really looking forward to it I'm sure there will be no crying or screaming (laughs) or anything all right so tip number 12 don't forget you have an Amazon author um, page you could, you, you're going to have to sign up for Amazon Author Central. And what you want to do is um, you want to include a bio there. Because so when you when a reader goes to your Amazon page or they click a book, you'll notice sometimes the, the link, the hyperlink for the author will go to this like a blank page because an author has not taken the time to add a photo. If you have a photo or an image that you want to represent you um, or a bio or anything. But you need to go into Amazon Author Central set up an account and you want to claim your book this is going to be you're going to have to do this every time you write a book you want to claim your book also if you have contributed a short story to a collection you want to claim it it's one of those things you want to um it helps with your street cred the, you want to keep getting books on your page so but don't forget to actually claim the book on amazon author central
0: Yes, and one other thing, uh, that confused me the first couple of times I published. I didn't really understand that. And um, I just kept thinking, well, I've got an author page, but my book is not there. That's because I hadn't claimed it. So you have to go into Amazon Author and just, you, it, it says add book, and then it just comes up. You put the the, the ASIN number in, or your, or your author name, or the book title. Then it comes up, you just click claim, and then within like 72 hours, the book is on your author page well worth doing and also make sure that your photo and your bio i would say are the same across all platforms that you're doing if you're only doing amazon yeah, you only need one
1: i'm still badly impressed with my author <laughs> photo but <laughs> <laughs> Do- but i keep trying damn it i keep trying so those are those are my tips and i know i gave most of them were long-term <laughs> tips i'm sorry there is really no special formula to get a bestseller it you it, it takes time you have to keep doing it and you have to keep doing the same things over and over. But it does pay off. If you want to make a career out of this, it does pay off. All those little things you do pay off in the long run.
0: They do. We should stress as well, you'll notice that advertising was not in these tips because I don't think that you should be advertising your first book. I think you need somewhere for other for readers to go. Uh, I made the mistake of doing it and I think it was money lost. So we're not saying don't advertise, but we're saying Get a few books under your belt first, because the best advertising is your next book.
1: Yes, they always say if you want to uh, make money, you have to keep writing. You're not, it's very rare. I'm not saying you can't, but it's very rare to publish one book and then ride off into the sunset.
0: But I'm still dreaming of that sunset, even though I don't really want to get on a horse, because I don't like them. So uh, maybe I'll just get on a, no, I'm scared of motorbikes as well. I'm just going to walk off into the sunset, okay?
1: <laughs> I love that one cold summer has a, a hot chick on a bike and you don't <laughs> like
0: motorcycles. <laughs> I wouldn't be that person on the bike. I'd be like, oh, no, don't worry, I'll get the bus. Thanks very much. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing says
1: sexy romance like getting on the bus. <laughs>
0: one golden bus that's our that's our follow-up one golden bus or our golden bus is it our golden bus right on that note thank you so much for listening um, do you let us know if uh, these uh, first book marketing tips have helped you I hope they have or if they made you think uh, leave us a comment on the website tweet us email us facebook us or instagram me and join us next week when we'll be asking the question how do you recover from the highs and lows of a book launch replenish your energy And then get ready to do it all over again.
1: Wow, that's a timely question, Claire.
0: Yeah, it is. Timely. (laughs) Actually suggested by TB, who's going through this right now. So um, join us next week when we'll be answering that. Until then, have a lovely week. Stay safe. Keep writing.
1: Bye, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write listen in every week for more conversations on writing and lesbian fiction and you can make sure you never miss an episode by signing up to our newsletter at lesbianswhowrite.com also if you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast it would help more people to discover us thanks so much and see you next time